And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live, listen live overnight on one of our great radio stations. You can listen when and where you want on your smartphone. It's the Red Eye Radio uh, app. A wonderful Christmas gift to suggest to anybody out there. <laughs> and thank you. Yes. They'll thank you. Well, here we are. I'm just, uh, you know, the second last show, you know, tomorrow is our Christmas show. But our second last show before the end of the year. And you just think about the times that we live in. And this, and, and I just was uh, reading before we went to the, the top of the hour, uh, I was reading uh, a um, just part of a column uh, from uh, Robert Kimball, and uh, it's headlined, The Deep State versus Donald Trump, The Saga is Not Over. Mm. Will the January 6th committee backfire as its status as a politicized vendetta become unbearably obvious? And he goes through just, you know, everything that that has happened. He started talking about historians. He said, someday when the... Um, the uh, all the smoke clears future historians will be busy investigating how it was that a flamboyant real estate developer called Donald Trump went from being the most improbable presidential candidate since Andrew uh, Jackson uh or maybe since the founding of the republic mm-hmm. to being one of the most investigated and a politician that that you know as I'll state it in my way that the biggest political lie in the history of the United States was told about him And when you look at this, I mean, people have people have such. Uh, I mean, there's two ends to it. There's political idolatry and political hatred mm. towards Trump. You know, we, and and it's look, we we can focus in as as the public does. I mean, and I don't know whether it's become greater uh, over the years because of social media, but yeah, it's obvious that. People can identify with a particular person and a particular personality and grow to hate them or like them. Even if they are meaningless to the world, 
which Donald Trump is not. But I just thought of, you know, Harry and Meghan. Yeah, right. You know, it's like for us, it's like, who cares? But people are absolutely passionate about their personalities. Mm-hmm. People get into debates on social media about it. They're <laughs> furious at people that adore them, and they're furious at people that hate them. Yet, they're really meaningless. The world doesn't change because of what they do, but it's just part of our culture. You pick an identity and a personality, and you go crazy. Yeah. Trump is significant because every president of the United States, whether they serve one or two terms, is significant. But what went on with him, because really, and and even though he ran as a Republican, I'll always view Donald Trump as an outsider. Yeah, I you know, think I think many in, people will. Yeah, in 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 his victory, yeah, right. he he came in as a he came in as an outsider. But when you think about it, and we've talked about where he stands on the issues, historians will look back and say, "Why was he hated so much?" He said, "Oh, okay, yeah, okay." He said crude things, but when you look at the when you the history looks at the at you know when when history looks at something, they don't sit there and say, "Oh, he said something that was uh, sexist." Right. Those aren't the things that historians pay. It's like, what's the big story about, you know, Donald Trump? Why was he impeached twice? Right? Right. A lot of people, you know, historians will say this is really, really fascinating. What went on in that story? Did Why was he hated so much? Did he have radical viewpoints? Right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, he had no radical viewpoints. Because in the history of the world, if you say he wanted to protect the border, well, that, well, historians will look at that and say, what was the problem? Yeah. And if you say, well, the cost of the wall was $25 billion, they'll right. laugh. They'll laugh by comparison the spending that has been done and over it, and over again. And historians that have no uh, political narrative... 50 years from now, 100 years from now, you sit there and say, well, look what he did in Charlottesville. Well, what did he do in Charlottesville? Well, we're gonna, this is the entire statement. What are you saying he did? Future historians will tear that apart and go, well, he had no racist statement there. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there. You're omitting. But what they will look at is the biggest political lie in the history of the United States about a president. Yeah. Because when you look at it, right today, here's how liberals look at it. Trump colluded with the Russians to hack the election. Well, what happened to that? Well, we just don't talk about it. Well, historians will talk about it. No, they'll want to get into right. They'll want to tell the story. Right. Not the narrative. Right. That's Be- the difference is that a true historian doesn't have a narrative. They have history they have the facts and so you look at it and you'll say hmm okay um so he was a he was called a traitor Mm -hmm. he was said that he colluded with the russians to hack the election and change the outcome of the election Mm -hmm. the allegations were extremely extremely salacious 
How did that happen? Well, when the Mueller investigation found nothing, and then, as it was found out through the Durham investigation, what actually happened, the story stops there for Democrats today right now. Yeah. And even liberal historians, they just stop it. It's like, oh, yeah, Trump colluded with the Russians. Yep, but he didn't. So how did that come to be? Well, it came to be because the Hillary campaign, and this isn't talked about at all in Democrat circles. This isn't really talked about a lot in general circles that we know from the Durham report. But the Hillary campaign created the entire enterprise to set up the opposition candidate by coming up with the most outrageous lies, selling them to law enforcement, selling, you know, selling it to the media. I don't mean selling is actually getting money, but selling it as if this is a legit thing and it was all a lie. Historians will look at that and say that was the biggest political lie in American history. And so you're looking at this time and, and this time from Trump, to Biden and everything else will be huge because not only will it include that, it will include COVID. And 50 years yeah. from now or 100 years from now, it'll be these things that they were doing, Were we already know that they were wrong. We know the lockdowns didn't work. And so they'll look at all the inaccuracies of what happened there. And then you look at what's going on right now. You look at the, you know, not only the, you, you take the conspiracy of the, of the uh, of the enterprise of the Hillary campaign setting up Donald Trump like no president has ever been set up before. How the Democrats continued to lie about what he did, claim the evidence existed. Adam Schiff, for example, lied to the American public about what the intelligence actually said. The intelligence did not have any evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. Adam Schiff lied about it. Right. And so you get to that point. Then you get to the point of, the, for example, the first impeachment. So what was the first impeachment about? First impeachment was uh, he, was, he, he wanted the president of Ukraine to look into uh, the former vice president who might run for president and, and see if anything, you know, shifty was going on there. Hmm. Well, he was impeached because of that. And now we find out that, no... He was, you know, we we knew at the time, even at that point, it was just ignored by the media that the Obama State Department was extremely concerned about what was going on there. And now with everything going on now, we know whether legal or illegal, there was an influence peddling scheme going on with the Biden family to enrich the Biden family. And the impeachment, the first impeachment will be viewed, I believe, as a way to set up you know, that they're going to look and go, that was a way to try to discredit Trump to put the focus on that instead of the influence peddling scheme that had been going on for years. That, look, these are things that don't happen in, in in the American public to this kind of level. They just don't. Impeachments don't happen like that. Impeachments are not something that happen each and every day. And then you go to the January 6th committee and what they're looking at and the charges there. And they'll look at that and 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 say, well, okay, it was a riot. Because it was a riot. It wasn't an insurrection. Right. And then you look at Twitter and social media. And this is where you get 
to the whole point of the, you know, the the term deep state. Mm. And you look at this and you say, well, when you see everything that's going on, when you see the way that the intelligence agencies and the FBI went after Trump, when they knew it was a lie, they knew they had no evidence of Russia collusion. They knew it didn't exist. You look at the secret warrant, you look at everything. You sit there and you say, well, who are these people inside? And even not only from an old administration, but inside of it, the current administration that are working against what the, what, you know, what the president is doing, trying to take down a president based on lies. Right. Well, I mean, that's because that's when you, if you were to uh, dig up this time capsule, there isn't going to be um, the 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 hatred that lives for Trump still today isn't going to be the the motivator or even part of it if you're again a true historian years down the road years down the, exactly and when you when you dig up this time capsule you're going to be looking at it going okay this happened well he must have and wow he was impeached twice. How bad was it? How bad was it that they impeached him once and then they didn't get the votes for acquittal? Then they impeached him a second time and or conviction in the right. Senate. And and you still didn't get it. Well, hold on a second. If they had this unprecedented move, I mean, just on this math alone. You say to yourself, well, man, the second time they must have everybody, even his own party on the second time, that must have been, oh, my gosh, we got to get him removed from office. And they didn't do that. So what happened? You start asking the questions because you're looking for the facts. There is no allegiance one way or the other. There is no hatred one way or the other. Right. They're not they're not in the moment of today. You're looking right. to tell the story of what happened to a then sitting president. Well, you know, it, it's 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 funny because, and to give you just a quick example, Abraham Lincoln in all the polls is shown to be the best president, you know, ever, right? Sure. You always see Abraham yeah, right, Lincoln. Right, right, Nobody talks about what this country was like when he lifted habeas corpus. Right. And how furious constitutionalists must have been at that time. That emotion of that era, of that thing, for example, is gone. You don't, because the we're not in that emotion of that particular day, hmm. and future historians will not. But I thought it was interesting because you know the uh, you know the the concept of you know the deep state and what the deep state is, and you can sit there and you can say, well, I don't like that term, whatever. Well, what do you call it then? Whatever you call it, you look at it and you see how the intelligence agencies and the FBI were doing everything they can to keep a lie going about Donald Trump that, in essence, called him a traitor to the United States of America. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what it. That's what it was all. About. He's a traitor to the United States of America. And then you see those same intelligence agents, uh, agencies and those the same law enforcement, the FBI, now attempting to, uh, over a period of, of, of uh, what, three years almost, mm. to try to keep the truth away from the American public about the president who succeeded Donald Trump. Right. They tried to destroy Donald Trump with the lie, and they're trying to keep the truth from coming out about the president that repla- that replaced him. And it was uh, interesting. I was reading uh, Mark Hemingway's column 
uh, in the Federalist.com. He's uh, Molly Hemingway's uh, husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a thing called, uh, uh, he, he, let me just read this here. He said, I want to know how many of these FBI and CIA agents are sheep dipped. In the intelligence world, sheep dipping is a term of art. It describes a tactic whereby a member of the military is officially discharged from service to do covert work. In secret, they are still eligible for rank promotions and military benefits. I first learned this term from my father because he was sheep dipped. He worked for the CIA in Laos in the early 1960s lead up to the Vietnam War. He was a young Marine officer during his year in Laos. His normal service records were replaced with records saying he was separated by the Marine Corps to allow the government to deny any responsibility if anything happened to him. When he returned from Laos, they swapped out the files saying he left the Marine Corps with his regular service record as if nothing unusual had happened. Right. And his point is, he said, when you see all these FBI agents and CIA agents that were in Twitter and and attempting yeah. to craft and censor on a consistent basis, and those same organizations were involved in telling the biggest lie about an American president, yeah. calling him a traitor, and trying to censor the truth from the American people on a consistent basis. It's funny because what do, I, what, do you, I, what do you call that? Yeah, I I am familiar with the term sheep dipping and and what it is, and but I was thinking along I guess similar lines through this whole thing, especially when the whole uh, James Baker thing fell out. Well, wait a minute. You know, they say, well, former FBI. Really? Or, and and when you look at the, uh, what they, uh, what Schellenberger pointed out, uh, not in the latest, but in, in batch number seven, where he said there was a long line of FBI ex-FBI employees that ended up in Twitter. Well, were they sent there by the FBI? That's my question. And what about that $3.4 million? Was that to help pay for individuals who showed up at the door? Man, I want some accounting done on that one. 866-90-RED-EYE. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can lead to downtime and costly repairs. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. You know, so when you put it all together and, you know, you start with, you know, the, the Russia collusion with the, with, with Trump and mm. you, you see how, you know, that operated for years in this country and it was completely and totally false. None of it was true. And it was made up by the, it was made up, it, it was financed and, and made up by the Hillary campaign. 
And that the majority of the public is not aware of all the circumstances that were involved in it, but eventually they will be. Now, it may not be this. It may be the American public 10 years from now, 20 years from now going, oh, wow, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about it, that political enterprise that was set up, you know, to do all of that, to create the lie, finance a lie, create the lie, sell it to law enforcement, sell it to the media, uh, and succeed in destroying a presidency... That's a political dirty trick we have not seen in the history of the United States. Then you get all the way to the FBI getting the laptop, knowing about it, and then doing everything they can to ensure that there's a media blackout on that story right Right. before an election. Right. Wow. Ho, ho, Red Eye Radio, Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays. To all Americans. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got a bone to pick. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Christmas song, Nat King Cole does the best version of it. I love it. I can listen to it over and over again. Even It's one of the songs I can listen to year-round. But the lyrics bother me. From kid, For kids from 1 to 92. Now, your dad is past the age of 92, and I'm hoping, God willing, I'll live past the age of 92. What are they saying? It's ageist. That, that, that those over the age of 92, if you're 93, you shouldn't have a Merry Christmas? <laughs> Dad's 96 and a half. And what if you're, on certain days, you don't want to jingle all the way. You just want to jingle halfway. (laughs) No, jingle all the way. Keep going until you're done. I've never jingled. That's why I don't jingle. Because I know I'm not going to go all the way. I've never jingled. Not only have I not jingled, I've never jingled all the way. Yeah. No, I'm not. I I know. I'm like, no, I can't commit. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to do something other than jingle. <laughs> I'll, I'll do something else. Any complaints this year about the? Uh, it's cold outside. I think or, they, or will everybody just be focusing on the cold part this year? I think they <laughs> moved cold outside. I think they moved on from it. I I had a complaint pretty much all along with that song. It's just creepy. <laughs> Baby, it's cold. Get a room. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear it, you two. They don't. They don't. Sing something else. Get a room. <laughs> Get a room. Nobody would. It's and and frankly, you should probably not drink that much. <laughs> See, I was always jealous when I heard that song. <laughs> Baby, no, and they're just thinking other people were, like, were, were, were were. As I'm just staring at the snow, going, oh, 
Where's my cat? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Get a room. Just, uh, I mean, because it's, it's, it just, the tone is creepy. <laughs> it always has been. Well, at least I haven't heard last Christmas this year. I'm I think ha- I heard that in a yeah. store the I other day, heard, I think is where I, I heard it. I've not heard Wham! this year, so I'm happy. Yeah. You, for some reason, that one never got on my nerves. I mean, I didn't really. Oh, that did. It's, it, I don't know why. It just didn't really get on my nerves. And maybe it's because early on, it, it, you know, in my music radio days, I was able to tune it out. You find a way to tune the music out. I want to hear it every two hours. I'm, I want to make it clear. I'm always happy that war is over, especially if the right people win. Uh, but I despise the song. <laughs> it it's it starts out depressing. Yes. I so this is Christmas. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we go. I just say I don't know why I hate that song. I turn that off as soon as it comes. I have not heard it this year. It's, it's, it's and that's it. That's the it, it's the tone <laughs> of the song. I mean, it just it starts out depressing. Remember the one time when we analyzed Imagine? <laughs> yeah. We went through the words. Yeah. It was like <laughs> That was a long time ago, but that was a lot oh, of fun. And, we got a lot of complaints. And and which, which was great. And uh what's the one really sad song? Who what is it's uh Oh my uh, gosh. Old Anxine? Yeah. What what yeah. It's not Fogelberg, is it? I think it is Dan Fogelberg, yeah. Is it? Yeah, I hate that too. Yeah, I hate that song. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. It's just put it's some just, festive what? clothes on, man, and go to a party. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, but you, I will say this about that. You know what that song reminds me of? When I was a kid, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, it really when it came down, and they would you know play, and they would talk about the old year and i'm like the old year is going i think you as a kid it made me sad now i'm asleep by 10 o'clock and could care less about new year <laughs> the new year it's like oh whatever it's it's man's way of organizing time it's no big deal yeah but yeah. when it you that when that song used to play and people would talk about the new year is just about gone but the new year like just another day. <laughs> yeah. And I love every day, yeah. but I just, I just, I used to get, as a kid, I used to get sad that the year was ending. That's what they were, that's what songs like that were making me. They were making me sad. It's funny because my oldest granddaughter finished high school the other day. She finished early. Uh, she's going to wait and, and, and graduate with her, her uh, peers in, in the, in the spring and in in early summer. Uh, so she'll walk the stage then, but she's done. She had her last class uh, last week, and they were hanging out at the house over the weekend. So I came up to her immediately. I said, I gave her a big hug. I said, I'm so proud of you. I said, so was it sad? She said, not even for a second. No, I but I, re- I, I relate to that completely. Yeah. There were When I went to high school, there were the people I know that were incredibly sad that it's over. It's I was I like, never, I never, yeah, I was, and, and for me, I was like, because I had already started working, you know, 
And mm-hmm. I finished all my, my courses in high school early. And so I only had a couple of courses in my junior and senior year. I was getting out of uh, school around 11 a.m. every day. And I had a job. I'd go to my job in the afternoon. And it didn't it didn't affect me that way. And 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 my granddaughter, the same thing. She's already started her college courses. She did that uh, last year. So she's on her way. She'll have her associates done here, I think, by the end of summer, I think it is. And so she's, you know, she's in that mode that, that I was in. I'm ready to basically get on with it, have her independence, you know, kind of live her life kind of thing. And I was just, I, I just started laughing. I just thought, you know, well, there it is. That's exactly uh, the way uh, I think her mom looked at it and the way my wife and I look at it. And, and it was just, okay, now on to the next thing, and whatever it's, it is. It's really amazing because when I, you know, and when I'm on, uh, you know, the alumni page, uh, next year is my 50th. I was mm-hmm. a senior in high school 50 years ago right now. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a, uh, next uh, next year and it's amazing the number of people that say the best times of my life were in high school the best time i'm like really and they look yeah. back and i'm like that's a long time that's a long time to not be happy with life a half a century well and it and, is that that's that, that is and i and one thing and uh to any uh young people uh, uh out there um what you think, because whatever click a lot of times you're in when you're in high school, you think that that same status is going to last the rest of your life. Right. You know, like whatever status you're right, in there right, right. is where you're going to be. And there isn't anything that even is close to be the truth. And one of my it's one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, and that's the this one cheerleader that was in a bunch of my different classes and I thought, to be blunt, I said, there is no woman as hot as she is. Mm-hmm. She just was. And I didn't know her that well. She would talk to me just a little bit here or there. And I went, oh, mm-hmm. my. And I can still remember the picture of her in the yearbook. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting down on the grass in her cheerleading outfit. You know, the team must be playing or something. And she's looking perfect, mm-hmm. just perfect. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, boy, she's going to live the greatest life. You know, wow, how great it is to be her. Mm. I remember that thought. Now, the thought didn't stick in my head much. It was just like, wow, and I moved on. But it did remain in my head all those years. Well, my 40th reunion. And I'll probably go to the first night of the reunion this year, which is just getting together at a at a bar or whatever. And a couple of my friends, because of Facebook, said, you got to show, Gary. You got to show. You got to show. Mm-hmm. And besides those people that knew me in high school when I was incredibly shy and just didn't, you know, it's like I wasn't part of any clique that came up and said, how the hell did you become a talk show host? Mm-hmm. How the hell did that happen? Like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> little, little quiet Gary McNamara, where did that come from? Uh, I saw her. Mm-hmm. And so I went up and I went, oh, okay. You know, she, she's looking good 40 years later. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I went up and I said, uh, you know, hey, Remember me? I used to, you know, sit. She goes, "Oh yeah, I remember you. How you doing?" She goes, "I heard you've done quite well." And I said, "Yeah, how you doing? My life sucks. I've been divorced twice. My kids, eh, they're just completely lost. I don't live where I want to live. My whole life has completely sucked since high school." Well, nice talking to you. <laughs> I'm like, I spent forty years 
lusting over her. And it, 40 years later, it's like, get away from me. <laughs> get away from me. Please. Can I bum a smoke? Hey, leave, um, leave me alone. Well, it's. <laughs> You're not worth me. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think we kind of, you. When you're at that age, you do. You have your your preset uh, notion of what everything is going to be, and and that it is that that's it. And and that includes going to a job. Okay, this is. I guess this is going to be my career. Now, I went and applied at the local radio station because I needed money, and then I fell in love with it immediately, and that was right out of high school. But I didn't have this in my in my mind. It wasn't like okay, uh, because back then, really, manufacturing was where it was at. It was mm-hmm. if you wanted, you go to a local massive manufacturer, and we had you know some big ones, uh, certain Teed and Stanley Tools, and you know you get a you get on there and you stay on, and then you retire, you know, or you go military and you retire. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't think of it that way, but you still kind of have that in your, in your mind that I'm going to, finally, I'm going to hit my path and it's going to be that one gig or it's going to be this and that's the way it's going to be. And the fact of the matter is, is that, gosh, especially in today's world, but it's always been the case that nothing is permanent. And if you look at every stage as an experiment, uh, and yeah. experience it's not going to be where you're going to be stuck well when when i when i said that when I, when i said that you know the that some people believe that the click or whatever group they're in that that's you know that's going to be their whatever status right. they've attained in high right. schools right. i i wasn't that person i was just stating that to others it, it I, seemed like those that yeah, you know that i, they I might be stuck in those. Uh, I was, groups. as my buddy Jeff and I always say, we were basically we weren't part of any clique, and we didn't want to be part of any clique. We just right. didn't want to be. We didn't. Right. We, just, we didn't want to be. And and I know that for because when I went into uh, college, I joined a, I I pledged for a fraternity, and after the whole pledging was done, and it was time to become the uh, you know in the fraternity, I said I'm done, and they yeah. loved me because I was responsible for their first football win against <laughs> their main rival fraternity. In like twenty years, mm-hmm. I caught three touchdown passes, and they were like, "You, you, you can go to become president of the." And I quit. Mm-hmm. You know, the the day after, and they said, "Why are you quitting? We love you. Did we do something wrong?" I'm not. I love you guys. I'm not a joiner. <coughs> yeah, that was my thing. I said, "I'm not right. a joiner." It just went. Nah, I just you know, I'm I'm more. You know, I just I'm not a joiner. I'm not. I I don't need to be part of a group. I don't want to be part of a group. I would just want to be who I am and promote what I do. And so I never had that. I was, but it was still, I mean, there was still that, you know, still looking at her for that instant thing. Going, wow. What a great life she's going to have. And 40 years later, get away from me. Yeah. Me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, life, life is, life is fascinating. Well, it really, then, really is. You the know, and then and there's flows. the, you know, the nerdy kid that nobody paid attention to. And then all of a sudden, you know, he owns Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Yes. Yeah. Or he coaches the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> right. If you've ever seen their coach, yeah. he doesn't look like a football coach. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so you thinking of taking the Twitter job? No. No? I'm not. Uh, I'm thinking of buying Twitter. <laughs> you may get a bargain basement <laughs> I'm, price. I'm thinking it. if I wait long enough. No, I. Uh, you know, it's interesting because it, it seems like every time he puts a poll up, there's a story on it. He put a poll up. Okay, come on. You know, quit trying to figure people out. When there's an announcement that he's <laughs> selling Twitter, then that's going to be a story, you know? I mean, um, and by the way, he could announce it on Twitter that he's selling Twitter, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And yeah, he's still going to be the boss, even if he hires somebody else as CEO. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Winter arrives officially <laughs> in a little less than 12 hours. Wow. But then, <laughs> at least in our neck of the woods, <laughs> uh, Thursday night, it's really going to start kicking in. Actually, Thursday during the day. Yeah. Uh, the mm-hmm. temperatures are going to be falling throughout the day. So yep. uh, mid-morning, uh, the wind is going to start picking up. and Travel is going to be disrupted. There could yeah. be major delays. I mean, yep. this, is the, this weather system uh, is going to uh, ruin a lot of people's holidays who are traveling. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know that uh, as, as uh, I'm flying into Buffalo, mm. see my dad, and flying in, um, uh, I have a very, very early morning flight. I'll be up at 1 in the morning. Uh, two That's nights, a horrible time of day to be up. You know, two, night, two nights from now. I mean, I'll probably go to sleep about 9, wake up at 1, mm. and just to make sure that all the faucets are running, every, you know, that are dripping and Everything is is right because I'll be leaving right at the coldest part of really the the entire front that's moving through us. Then I go to Charlotte and then to Buffalo, and I'm supposed to arrive Buffalo like eleven o'clock. Well, if you don't get in sometime during the morning or maybe early afternoon, mm. you may not be able to get in. Yeah, to Buffalo, right? Uh, and if you don't get in by Friday night, you may not be able to get in Christmas Eve at all. Mm. And so you see, I'm, I'm not. I know Chicago is supposed to have major problems on on uh, on Friday. I know that the the Bears are are playing on Saturday, and and so uh, I don't. There's been no determination on whether it would be that bad where you'd actually have to cancel it. I don't know if wind cancels a game as much as snow cancels a game. Like when Buffalo a couple of weeks ago got, well, what'd they get? Six, seven feet of snow, that cancels a football game. <laughs> yeah. You can't right. literally move. You Even though it would be, that would be fun to see a football game in seven feet of snow. No, you got to play. 
Oh, man, I'd love that. I'd love that. People complaining about the ref calls. He missed that call. Well, they're under eight feet of snow. <laughs> he didn't see that call. You're right. He couldn't see that call. Yeah. Yeah, that would be insane. Wimps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's supposed to be really cold for probably a lot of the, the games being played uh, in in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. going to be, you know, very, very cold. So, uh, you know. I'm hoping that that I can. Right now, it looks like I probably am within the window of being able to make it. Mm. And I've already seen where all my flights are coming in from. Uh, so hopefully, I the only one that concerns me is the flight I'm taking from Charlotte to Buffalo. Uh, uh, that leaves like at eight or at nine, I think nine twenty, and it gets into Charlotte from Toronto. Hmm. So hopefully they can. Well, if they can, if I can land eleven o'clock, because Toronto's probably sixty miles, sixty-five miles. By the way, the crow flies from Buffalo. Hmm. It's like one hundred and ten miles if you're not doing the crow thing. Uh, but <laughs> you're not trying to fly like a bird, right? Uh, but uh, uh, if you know that gets in, I should be, I should be okay. But I'm preparing. I already told my dad. I said, Dad, slight chance. Hmm. Just so you know, slight chance. I'd be delayed or can't make it in at all because it depends how long the system – because if I can't get into Christmas night, it's not worth going. Yeah, right. You know, just, yeah, just like, sure. You know, why do it? I'll, I'll say, Dad, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very, very, very cold. And if you're dri- – I can't imagine if you're driving. If you're yeah, driving places I, in the um, Midwest, whoa. There was one – as a kid, there was one Christmas trip. That we had to, uh, we lived in Del Rio at the time, and we were coming from North Texas back, going back home to Del Rio just after Christmas. And we had freezing temperatures, and there was ice on the road. So my dad decided to go through the hill country uh, because he could take his time. He wasn't going to be on uh, the interstate. Um, He was going to go down a different highway. And that actually uh, was the best route, safest route for him. But we had to go really slow, and the heater at the beginning of the trip went out so we basically just took everything out of the suitcases and piled it on i mean you know to stay warm Mm -hmm. in a ford ltd station wagon and we stopped in lampasas texas to get a massive well at least for me i was a kid this massive hamburger at this drive-thru um and and then my mom had made i don't know how much fudge while we were at my grandmother's and half of it went home with us and most of that didn't make it back to Del Rio. I mean, we was it was a great. I know it was nerve wracking for my dad, and my mom, but as a kid, I I have fond memories. I'll well, yeah, always because, remember that trip because you're not an adult and you feel safe and That's secure I mean. with your parents. Oh, and, they're, yeah. and they're going, "Are we going to make yeah. it?" And you're like, "As long as mom and dad are here, I'm fine." I and and I knew I can tell because you can you can feel the tension from your parents. I mean, mm-hmm. driving with five kids, you know. Uh, family of seven is going to be, that's not going to be a, a, and it's a eight, nine hour trip in good weather. That's going to be nerve wracking, but I knew the tension was pretty high and he had to get back to work. Of course we had to get back home and we didn't have any breakdowns. I mean, we just didn't have a heater. I remember when you remember the station wagons that had the, you know, the three rows of seats, but the back one faced looking out the back. We had that, the rumble seat. 
Wasn't that the best thing ever? Oh, I loved it. When it, my Regan, brother Brian Regan does a bit on that. Oh. And he says, you know, because it's obviously it's the youngest kids that fit back there. And he says, it's just the oddest thing. And he says, and of course, the inevitable, trying to avoid eye contact with the people in the car behind you. Because <laughs> you're just staring out the back window. Yeah, I loved it. I, and, I loved it because... My, you know, my parents didn't bother us. We could do anything back there. They couldn't see what we were doing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even though we're just punching each other and do, you know, things, my brother and I and things, they go, stop doing that. Stop doing They didn't know that we, we were, we were buffered by my sisters in the second row. And it was great. When, <laughs> when we had that much luggage, uh, of course, I was just surrounded by the luggage, but I didn't care. No, no, no. I didn't care, man. No, I mean, don't. you know, it was. It was really great. Dad, I, I do remember Dad trying to defrost the windows. I don't know. I honestly don't know how he kept that going, but he, he was able to get it done. Yeah, those are great, great memories. I, it, great it's, memories. you know, it's, that's one, one of my, it's one that just sticks with me and always will. And, and, and I think of it every year at Christmas time. Oh, I have to remember tomorrow. I have to talk about, you know, the, uh, Forgot hmm. my favorite Christmas, my Red Rider BB gun. Forgot it. Yeah, your guillotine story. My guillotine story. You right. haven't heard the guillotine story. It's I tell it every year, the last day before we head out. Okay, I saw someone that had an actual guillotine. It's a massive guillotine that they built. It was on this YouTube channel, <laughs> and they took it to another YouTuber to fix it because the blade wasn't dropping. Ah! So. They put a lot of things down there. They put like a two by four. Will it, you know, cut this two by four? They put a 12 pack of soda down there and I think a case of soda actually. (laughs) But it made me a nervous wreck. I thought to myself, no, 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 no. See, this is the thing with us guys. Oh, I want to, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to build a giant guillotine, a real, and this thing was, it was scary. I'm like, Mm-mm. nope, nope. I would want, I want one, but I also know, nope. Can't no. Well, as no, a, as that's a, not going to go well. As a kid getting a plastic model, it's one thing. Even though my parents made yeah. me take it back. As an adult building a, <laughs> do you put it in your backyard? I mean, it, it, hey, he's got the guillotine. Hey, come on over. You want to swim in our pool? What do you got in your backyard? A guillotine, and it was a giant one. I mean, it was a massive one. And I'm like, oh, I don't even. Mm-mm. No, no. There's def- so many things that could go wrong. It definitely gets the job done, though, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're just doing it, you know, for fun. As far as I know, they're not executing people. But it's it was just scary. Texas Department of Corrections did contact them, though. To- yeah. Wow. They gave up the guillotine back in 2019. But. <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah well, you know, when the yeah. it's interesting but the the guillotine was actually in uh invented and promoted because it was viewed as a more humane way of executing very people. very quick yes very yeah, fast very very right yeah in fact probably it was worse for the people that were watching okay I saw a movie. Uh, my wife and I rewatched it, and it's a good movie called The King. 
And I think it's Edward the fifth, the fifth or sixth. Yeah, one of those, one of the Edwards. And I think it was the fifth. And his rise to power and the whole thing. There's a guillotine moment. And we had both forgotten <laughs> that it, it's very graphic. No. And we didn't prepare accordingly. No. It was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was very realistic looking. Yeah. I mean, don't we already, you know, with movies like that, I mean, my my comment to the director, producers, editors, hey, we get it. We know. Just let us hear the sound of the guillotine dropping. We don't need to. But it was it was a close-up shot, and wow. Yeah. I was not prepared for it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was, what's the Johnny Depp movie, though, uh, the Halloween one? Oh. Um, did he do the... Um, uh, the uh, Headless Horseman thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, yeah. 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 I mean, that's... A ton of people are decapitated, but believe it or not, they attempt to do it in a comic style. Yeah, okay. You know? Mm. They, I mean, it is... I haven't... I don't remember seeing the movie. Oh, it's a... I, it's I know a great, of it. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a great. I think it's Johnny Depp's best role ever. Hmm. Well, besides uh, Gilbert Grape, yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio sort of steals that one. But yeah, Sleepy Hollow. When I watched, I really enjoyed it. He was, he's gr- he is great in that movie. But they decapitate it. But obviously they're dolls, whatever. But hmm. like hmm. you know, there's the headless right, horseman. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as yeah. they as they get one, I mean, the the head will like spin like. It's like right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, a Beetlejuice kind of approach to it. Yeah. Exactly. But right. still, it was like, because mm. mm-hmm. I didn't expect it. It was like, right. mm. yeah. So uh, should we uh, end the decapitation uh, talk since it's like the 4 a.m. hour? Well, I'm some thinking are save the rest of it ready for, for tomorrow. Breakfast. I think all five yes. hours tomorrow. Uh, the perfect Christmas topic okay. as yeah. our Christmas show is tomorrow. Our final show with you and me. Matt Murphy will be here on Friday right. morning. And then uh, next week. Uh, Dan Mandis will be filling in, uh, but our final show is tomorrow. So I think our Christmas show should be all about decapitation. Well, not really. I mean, if we're going to do a Christmas show, it should be about falling off a large skyscraper in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Die hard. Yeah. yippee ki <laughs> Officer that, by John McClane. By the way, that debate was going on over social media. You know, you're, you're sitting there, you're doing uh, all this serious. Okay, what's Michael Schellenberger have to say? Okay, exactly. What was the FBI doing in uh, in uh, Twitter? Hmm, that's a great point there. Yeah, uh, Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie, not just Die Hard. <laughs> I'm going to cue both of those up because I always watch Die Hard and <laughs> Die Hard. Now, Fat Man. And, ah, I got to watch Fat Man. Yeah, before, before and then yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon, you, Scrooged with Bill Murray is a must. You have you have to watch the you you do have to watch a Christmas Story Christmas. Yeah, at some point I'll uh, you do you should I'll you make should, time for that. I mean you should I mean if not this year next year because you got to yeah. pay thirteen bucks you know to to get HBO Max for a month. Yeah, 
you know, so that's what it costs you to do. But it was worth it because mm. I watch it. Then uh, when I I watch it before Thanksgiving, then when I went to see my sister, all the kids watch it and they want to watch it again. And so mm-hmm. I, I cast it mm-hmm. from my phone to their TV. So, right. Yeah. So it's like they want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it's it's good. Actually watching it when I watch it the second time, I appreciated it more even. Right. Yeah. Because it does. It's pretty cool how it relates to the first. Yeah. Christmas right. story. So. Yeah. 86690-RED-EYE. Travel conditions on the days leading up to Christmas could prove challenging in many parts of the country. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says conditions in the plains will start deteriorating Wednesday as an Arctic cold front establishes itself. So that will create some hazardous driving conditions starting in Montana and the Dakotas and eventually extending southward to the central plains. Drivers in the southern plains and southeast will have to deal with sub-zero temperatures and wind. Now the real problem with this travel season is going to come across the Midwest. That's where we will see the development of a powerful low-pressure system, and that storm will begin to develop as we move into late Wednesday and Thursday. The slow-moving system of cold, wind, and snow expected to impact major Midwest airport hubs, especially Chicago, starting Thursday through Christmas Eve Saturday. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. This is the last time I want to say this, but I know it's not going to be. Okay. Because we've already talked about it three or four times in the last, uh, this week. Yeah. And that is stop everybody on the left celebrating that uh, Elon Musk may step down as uh, CEO of Twitter. Like like it's some kind of victory. Right. Uh, he's the owner. Doesn't matter who's CEO. Doesn't matter whether he's CEO or whether he's just Elon Musk and doesn't have a title. He owns it. He owns the company. Right. He's the boss. You said it you said it the best. When he sells it, that's a story. There's the story. But he's giving, he owns it. Right. He's giving up zero authority. There is he, no board of directors. Right. It's a private company now. He owns it. He's the boss. I mean, that was just, ever since he said that, I'm just, I'm just laughing. Yeah. Because you're the first. When I, I remember reading the story, you may do that, and you said, it really doesn't matter whether he's CEO or if he hires a CEO, he's the owner. I mean, if the board of directors at, at Tesla, I mean, if it were a publicly traded company and they wanted to make a move like that, okay. I mean, that, that could be something. Um but this is he took the company private. Twitter is private. He's the boss. If he sells Twitter, there's the story. Until he sells Twitter, he's the boss. Because I just I I, I saw just a, a, another headline: Elon Musk's future as Twitter CEO is suddenly in question. As if that means something. It's, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it, 
I, I guess you just got to write for clicks now. Yeah, when the when the poll came up, we just went, well, it doesn't matter. And he's probably, you know, fishing for bots. Right. And then when he came out and said, from now on, all polls will be only people that are Twitter blue. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't care. <laughs> I I didn't care that I don't I get don't, a vote. I don't I don't care. <laughs> I, didn't care. I don't care. So. That's fine. That's that's fine. It, it's you know, but they're losing their ever loving mind in the liberal media. <laughs> I know. You know, and and they it, it it's 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 like it was with Trump and still is with Trump. Aha! Here's the gotcha moment. <laughs> Calm down. On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And, if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, you know, I saw this uh, this story in Yahoo, uh, Yahoo.com, how climate change may have contributed to Hawaiian Airlines' dramatic turbulence. Okay. And of course. And I'm just like, there have been several recent incidents of severe air turbulence. Oh. Climate change may make such events more common in the future, according to some scientists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, now we're going to be talking about turbulence. And then what do I see? Fox News this morning. Calls for humans to stop having children. Go extinct, grow in media circles to breed or not to breed. New York Times recently profiled an advocate for human extinction in order to save the planet. Okay. That we need to save the planet but kill off all of mankind. You know, with the logic of the left right now, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With the logic of the left right now, let's save the world, kill all the humans, and the world will be saved. That's right. For what? Do they even <laughs> understand that when you're dead, you can't even virtue signal then? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> That's it's, like, it's like the Earth First <laughs> activist in that video that we played forever. You know, they want to they want to apologize and cry to the trees. They these are individuals who believe that, you know, this is look, because it's all about virtue signaling. I care more about the 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 trees and the animals and then I do my myself. Not only that, but remember the one woman in that video wish to be like and have the great life of the rock. Yeah, and not the actor. Not the actor. Uh, an no. actual rock. An actual rock. Uh-huh. Look at this rock. Look yeah. at the life look at it leads. Those guys. <laughs> look at those guys. It's like, it's a you're, rock. You're high. <laughs> Can I have some of that? <laughs> I don't know what old growth you're smoking, <laughs> but 
you might want to slow down. And and they just go through uh, the media outlets here in this uh, story, and it it came out. It just came out like at two a.m. And I'm mm-hmm. like, did, did did is somebody at Fox going? Oh, Eric and Gary need something weird. Yeah, here, throw, <laughs> throw them this. <laughs> throw See what they do. <laughs> Media outlets and talking heads have encouraged parents to rethink having children because human beings, even small ones like kids, risk polluting the world and causing global climate destruction. Uh, news and op-ed headlines have come out in unabashed support for having fewer, even zero children over the years. One example, NBC News Think in 2017. By the way, ABC News Think is one of the most useless. <laughs> not really. It's not useless because that's where you get the most... That's where you get what the left is really thinking. You know, yeah, you and I have yeah. read some of the articles from NBC News Think. Uh, science proves kids are bad for the earth. Morality suggests we stop having them. Another headline from The Guardian that year declared. In fact, you're immoral if you have children. Right. Yeah. Another headline from The Guardian that year declared that the answer is saving the planet. To, to saving the planet is simple. Want to save the planet? Have fewer kids. Or as a New York Times writer asked in 2021, to breed or not to breed? A climate reporter posed the similar question to parents and parents in waiting in a Washington Post analysis piece this month. Should you not have kids because of climate change? It's complicated. Well, having four children myself and eight grandchildren, uh, I'll say this. Too late. I'm absolutely perfectly okay with these individuals deciding not to have children. If they decide they don't want to have children, then then okay. If they decide they don't want to have kids, if they'd like to not procreate, I'm all for that. I love this one. In October of 2021, CNN featured two women who expressed anxiety over having a child because of climate change. Quote, Jen Dredd, end of quote, newsletter writer, Britt Ray. Jen Dredd is the name of the newsletter. Well, I'm guessing that has a positive daily outlook. (laughs) The writer told CNN that women were feeling spooked, anxious, and in some cases, fully traumatized as a result of climate change. Okay. Now, I don't know at at what point they start, you know, leveraging this uh, and maybe already have. uh, They probably, uh, in fact, I'm certain they have, uh, to promote abortion. I can see that, though. That's, Mm -hmm. That's not a long bridge. To bring those thoughts together, um, and that's ludicrous. Um, you can just decide not to procreate. You can just decide yourself to either abstain or use, I don't know, countless methods to not get pregnant in the first place. And if some someone decides that, then great. If you're anxious about it, I mean, if, if it's really messing with you mentally, I suggest you not do that. And then we had talked about this last month, a man who wants human beings to go extinct 
mm-hmm. has also received promotion from the New York Times and Dr. Phil. Voluntary Human Extinction Movement founder Les Knight was likened to Mr. Rogers in a Times profile <laughs> as he calls for humans to die out. Quote, tall and gentle Mr. Knight comes across uh-huh. as a clear-eyed and thoughtful. Uh-huh. It comes across as clear-eyed and thoughtful like a mashup of Bill Nye and Fred Rogers. Uh-huh. While Mr. Knight may be against the creation of more human beings, he shows great compassion for the ones that already exist. End of quote. The profile reads, even though to save the planet, all humans must die. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The debate over climate change and children also rages on other platforms, including TikTok. Look, we believe that all liberals, if you wish to stop having children, go for it. Mm-hmm. I support that. <clears throat> and, you know, this, but it's for for them, that's not enough. They have to control your life. They have to control everybody else. Well, I wonder if this is going to be now the, the new... Because you all, we, all, we always wonder, what's the new insane thing that will become mainstream? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was inevitable that we were going to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, when, when we're to the point now where a biological male can be a biological female because the man says so and it's embraced, that is mainstream in the Democratic Party... Well, then this this could be mainstream next week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Let's stop the car talk. Let's really get down to it. Cars may be a problem, but humans wouldn't be driving the cars if humans weren't here. Yeah, right. So let's call for total extinction of the human race in order to save the planet. And, of course, the next question would be for what? But that apparently ah, is not. There it. you go. There's the next step. For California, uh, 2035, starting then, if you buy a new car, it has to be electric. Hmm. But starting in the year 2040, in order to be or in order to buy a new car, you can't be human. <laughs> Again, with where they're going, that makes total sense. That's right. Any other creature. So this makes me think the, uh, this differently. The uh, the survey that was out that Americans can tolerate uh, less than four hours, can only tolerate less than four hours with family on holidays, the survey finds. Can you imagine if you're somebody in your family that starts talking uh, in, with the liberal insanity today? Hmm. Four hours, four seconds. Yeah. Not really, because I'd want to stay around for that. That would be too entertaining. For me, uh, that'd be great. How much alcohol is in the house in this scenario? Uh, Theoretically. For me or for them? They need to I, They need to stay sober. I can't let yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to say, you, yeah. they, you probably don't want them drinking. Right. Yeah. It definitely would be for me. Yeah. 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 It would and have to and start talking about how we, every human has to go... And that would be perfect <laughs> as you're eating dinner on the day of the birth of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My niece is a climate change activist who believes in total extinction of the human race in order to save the planet. 
Yeah. Well, as we had said to, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Knight there, uh, well, go ahead. Um, stop eating. Mm-hmm. Eating causes climate change, so stop eating. That's right. Right? Yeah. Because in, in order to eat, whether it doesn't matter whether it's plant or animal, you're putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere to yep. produce that food. Right. No matter what. Right. So everyone has to go. Right. And it goes back, this is the big circle, goes back to Life After People, that series that was on. Mm-hmm. For the first time I watched it, like five minutes in, I'm like, what's the point? Yeah, you're who showing, cares? You're showing what will happen when people aren't here, but there'll be no people there to actually witness it. And I went, okay. Well, it's cool what the buildings will look like, and all the cats and dogs will take over the skyscrapers. That's really good, but the cats and dogs, won't they be causing climate change then at that point too? Well, see, that's the question. Who are you? Who does, who does that appeal to, that, that series? It only appeals to the animals. <laughs> so unless you're showing this, you know, in the, in the waiting room at the veterinarian's well, office or at the zoo. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. If, if people on the left actually feel, I can't wait to die so I don't contribute to the destruction of the earth. Right. Yeah. Right. You think people, you think people actually feel that way? Le- legitimately feel. And I don't mean from a suicidal standpoint, but from a brainwashed climate change standpoint. That once they naturally pass on, they're going to be. Yeah. And there's such incredible yeah. excitement that they're polluting. They feel incredible guilt that they're polluting the earth. Yeah. And and so they weren't like that. They were never suicidal before. But once they got in, in embedded into the climate change activism that they actually believe that, okay, I can't wait to die because then and they're feeling guilty all the time. Right. I guess it would be a form of climate change original sin. Right. Well, no, I mean, that's it that you I guess you have this guilt complex. But if your DNR includes the Heimlich maneuver, I'm just ask. I'm just saying that maybe, maybe you need to slow down a little bit and and relax. Maybe we're gonna. Well, we're ending the year the same way we began. Insanity. Yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Yes, so we had mentioned the survey of 2,000 Americans who are traveling to visit their family for the holidays found on average that (laughs) three hours and 54 minutes with their family is all they can handle before they need a moment to themselves. (laughs) Of those surveyed, 95% believe it's important to spend the holidays with family in two and five. Uh, uh, of uh, those planning to stay with family admit that it can be stressful. The top concerns, lack of privacy, Mm. family getting on your nerves, Mm. drama between family members, uh, 
feeling like you're imposing on your family. Yeah. And having the house be too loud or too busy. I love the house being loud, having eight grandkids. To me, that's music to my ears. I hate a quiet house. Uh, but I get it. I, I know, you know, people are trying to relax. They got time off. And then, you know, you're in a, depending on the size of the family, you're in a fairly sizable group of people. It can get loud, you know, but I, I love it. We're going to be hanging out pretty much Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the house, you know, uh, with my kids and uh, some of the grandkids. Um, and I I love it. I can't wait. Just hanging out, watching movies, listening I'll, to music, laughing. I'll love it if I get there. Yeah. <laughs> I have confidence you're going to make it. If all the planes yeah. are on time and the weather stays out of my way. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.